Hey everybody, it's me. Is that how I should start it? I don't know. This is my sixth episode and I'm still kind of confused about how I really want to start this. I haven't really figured it quite out yet. I don't want it. I don't know if I should do an intro, like an intro sound, or if I should have like a catchphrase or something like that. I feel like that'll come in due time though. So like, I'm going to let these episodes, you know, be a little rusty. I've mentioned before, this is really just like therapeutic for me and kind of just seeing where this podcast goes. I think the title will always be very relevant, but I don't know. If anybody has, if anybody has any ideas, let me know. Um, I'm kind of open for anything. So how are you guys doing today? I just got off work. I'm just hanging out. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired today, but I... I finally kind of put together what I wanted to say for this episode. Um, This is going to be more so like a parenting, self-reflection type of episode. So bunker down. This is definitely like something you can listen to, you know, while you're scrolling or just having a drink or just like winding down. Um, It's not, it's going to be kind of upbeat, but it's going to be really uh, informative. Well, from my own personal perspective, but yeah, so I was just hanging out at work today. I worked a really, really long shift today. The kids went back to daycare after quarantine. Um, that's about it. Last night, we did a little fire outside with the big kids. That was nice. Um, I was just listening to a few podcasts. I, I listen to some mental health podcasts, but I kind of like jump around. Honestly, my favorite podcast is Baby Mama's No Drama with K.L. Lowry and V. <laughs> Rivera, or is that how you say it? Yeah, those are, I I, listen, I just like really like trashy stuff. Like the books I read, you guys, are like reality TV stars who write books. I, I listen to some, don't get, I read some books, not gonna lie. I like to listen though, especially right now. You know, my life kind of revolves around in a car. It's a 25, 30 minute commute to work. So, you know, I can listen to a whole podcast. But that's really what I enjoy right now. Who else do I like? I like listening to, if I follow you on Instagram and you have your own podcast, chances are I do listen to your podcast. One, because I'm nosy. Two, because, like I mentioned, I have that commute and it's just something for me to do. And I enjoy taking bits and parts and kind of learning along the way, learning from everybody who is just starting or anybody who has already started. So I enjoy to do that. But yeah, Baby Mama's No Drama, I like to listen to that podcast. It's just, it's it's a little, I don't have a lot of drama in my life, you guys. So that drama for me is very like, ooh, this is sis. <laughs> but now, so I had a long day at work today. Um, I really enjoy my coworkers. They're really cool. They're really down to earth. They actually give me a lot of um, material for the podcast that we're going to be talking about today. Um, or like the topic we're going to be talking about today. But I also want to bring up something that I was talking with my coworkers today. I mentioned to them, I asked them a question because I love to ask people questions, I guess, interview, if you will. And I asked them, I was like, do you remember the first time that you ever felt depressed? Do you, was it a significant event and then did it happen? Or do you remember the first time that you actually genuinely felt depressed? When 
I like I I mentioned a few times previously. I'm not sure if anybody's listening, but I'll say it again. My earliest memory I can go back to two years old. I was in between two and three. The only reason is because I was getting bit by ants in the home video, and the home video shows me before I got bit by the ants, and I I just remember a bunch of ants crawling on my legs, and my dad was telling me, no, don't do it, we were going to church, and then I was still standing there by a fire hydrant, and all the ants crawled on me. Anyways, so it was cool that I could remember that, and seeing that in a home video, I was like, oh shit, that was pretty neat, but um, my... So, my first memory of me being depressed, I don't want to self-diagnose myself with a body dysmorphia, but I, I, I kind of do. I've done a lot of research into it, and I maybe have borderline body dysmorphia, but I think all of it just falls in the category of being, like, depressed, chronically depressed. But one of the things I like to mention, and one of the things that I like to talk about is I remember being in kindergarten. I remember specifically because we had the bathrooms in the classroom. Oh, no, was that pre-K? It was pre-K or kindergarten. Well, we had the bathrooms in the classroom. I think it was pre-K. And I remember looking in the mirror, and I was like, that's not me. I was, I didn't look like the other girls. That wasn't me. I told myself that. (laughs) I told myself that for years, and... You know, I carry myself with confidence, but I still to this day, I refuse to look in a mirror if there's someone standing next to me or if I'm walking and I'm looking at a reflection, I refuse to look at it because I relate my body and my face to the person next to me who, in my opinion, looks normal, any shape or size. And then I see myself and I'm like, dang girl, like you're fucking ugly, but I don't carry myself to look like that in my brain. Like, I'm confident, you know? I personally feel as if, in my head, I can tell myself that I'm the most beautiful girl in the world, and I will believe that. I will walk out of this motherfucking house, (laughs) and I will believe that. But when it just comes to, like, public settings and looking in a mirror, I just, I can't do it. There's, There's a mental block there, and it's really interesting, and I haven't yet quite figured it out but you know I I I really don't know what that is but when I was a child and I would look in the mirror I'd feel depressed and not like my family never gave me that reinforcement or that encouragement my dad always told me like I was beautiful and my mom I was my dad literally called me a princess when I was a child but I had all these those things those things were there and this is prior to any sexual trauma oh I should definitely say this episode is going to be trigger a trigger warning for sure so trigger warning I'm so sorry if I said that and it caught anybody off guard but yes I did experience them um it would only happen once in my life but I did experience some sexual trauma at a young age but we'll get into that later and I'm definitely open to get into that for the sake of this being a self-healing podcast But yes, so kind of circling back, that was one of the first moments that I felt depressed and I would express it to my parents. I, I would say, mom, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. I would literally get waves of deep sadness out of nowhere. And I continue to experience that my whole life. Um, 
after, well, despite my brother passing away, that that was grieving, so I don't really consider that depression, because the depression happened way before that, but I definitely functioned, I definitely hit it, I, because I didn't know what it was, I was okay, but I just felt like a deep sadness all the time, and that was, uh, that was, uh, hard to explain as a child, especially coming from parents who believe that you can pray depression away. Shout out if you really do believe that, your faith is the shit. I'm, I'm not there, but so, so that, that was just a conversation I had with coworkers and they kind of gave some insight. One girl mentioned she didn't feel it until a member of her family passed away and the other male mentioned that, I can't remember, but he mentioned that it had always kind of been around. So that was it. I, I love to pick apart brains. I love to get different point of views. I love to do that. I That's another reason why I love my job. But all right, we're about nine minutes in. Let's get to it. So I want to talk about expecting your children to be great. Just expecting your children to be great. But I want to also include self-reflection with that we each hold ourselves to a specific standard and the highest standard is great or above and beyond for us and most of the time we are not there we are striving to be there there's mental blocks that doesn't let us get there there's lifestyle that doesn't let us get there and it can be hard because you want to be great but there's different things that come in the way of being great. And as a parent, everyone's ultimate goal as a parent should be the best that they could be. That's every that should be everybody's goal as a parent. That should be one of the first goals. There's going to there's of course a lot of goals in parenting, but that should be one of the first goals is being the best that you can be and preparing yourself. That's why, in my opinion, I think it's very important to have children a little bit later in life, after you experience things, after you got things out of your system, because I feel like that can play a big part in what I'm about to talk about. So, expecting your children to be great, but are you great? I, I didn't cite who I'm getting this quote from, but it's not my quote at all, but it's definitely something I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. It says, parents do the best they can with the knowledge that they have. Emerging difficulties that kids may have usually are nobody's fault. Emerging problems should be tackled in a safe environment of no blame, no shame, or judgment. I don't know how that makes you guys feel, but it borderline makes me upset. That is just like my initial feeling when I read that because it says parents do the best that they can with the knowledge that they have. So you're telling me, this is me just kind of getting the baseline of it. You know, we're not digging deep. I get this. It's actually a doctor who quoted it and I don't know his name, but a lot of people do say this and I will get back to when I mean a lot of people do say this. This isn't the first time I heard this. Parents do the best they can with the knowledge that they have. That, it angers me. I'm not going to lie because as a parent, like I mentioned, you strive to be great. And striving to be great comes with a lot of different things. It comes with self-reflection. 
It comes with self-awareness. It comes with discipline. And it comes with the, the willingness the willingness to learn. You know what I mean? So you're telling me that the knowledge that they have, as in the knowledge that they inherited, the knowledge that they got from their parents, that's their best. I, I can't believe that. That angers me because I'm sure my kids are going to grow up and be adults and be like, and mention, wow, man, I really didn't like the way my mom raised me. You know, she fucking sucked whenever she did this or she pissed me off when she did this. My dad did this. I do not want to do that with my children. You know what I mean? Because we're learning. We're evolving. That's you. We are made to evolve. And when it says that they do the best they can with the knowledge that they have, where's the self-reflection here? You know what I mean? Where's holding yourself accountable? Where's you know, learning new things, where, where's that at? And you're, you're passing that on to your children, you know, whatever it may be, you know, being a bum, being jobless, learning how to live off the government, doing drugs, you're, you're teaching these kids these things at such an, an, a young age that they deem to be acceptable, you know, and it's just a cycle and a cycle and a cycle. And it says, emerging difficulties that kids may have usually are nobody's fault. Yes, it is nobody's fault when they are children. But when the children go, when the child goes into being an adolescent, and when the adolescent goes into being an adult, when the adolescent goes into being the adult, during that transition, when are you held accountable? Okay, so when the adolescent goes into adult, like as in going into parenthood. So when does that transition happen? When you know you need to do that self-reflection, you need to be self-aware, you need to understand what goes on. I feel like that itself completely jumps over that. So they're being kids. Uh, it's nobody's problem, but their parent. You know, it's okay, whatever, we're going to clear you from this you know we're gonna break those generational curses this this, and that but then it's going back to they do the best they can with the knowledge that they have (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm just looking at this as more of like a negative way from I'm gonna go into like about the area I live in and all the different parenting styles around me but I just, I just hate the fact that some people just do not self-reflect and they go into parenthood looking like damn idiots, raising people who aren't a benefit to society. It's really unfortunate. (sighs) So that's, that's just, that's the baseline of all of this. And I want to talk about my parents parenting style so my parents parenting style was very free flow not exactly hippie but very free flow very um religious like I guess you know what I mean excuse me it's a little late and so my dad he did whatever the hell he wanted you know I would say he was an alcoholic in more than over more than half of my life at the moment and 
I seen things and I heard things and I did things that kids were not supposed to do. I was a child, but I was not tainted as badly as my older brothers. My dad had both of my older brothers involved with drugs and alcohol as teenagers. And I'm not talking about 18, 19, no, I'm talking about 13, 14, 15. And one time my older brother, I don't talk to him anymore. One time my older brother was telling me the first time that he had smoked weed with my father. And in the back of my head, I'm like, you were a kid. You were a child. You know, but I just let him tell the story that was about maybe four years ago. And so that had always kind of stuck in my head. Like, dang, like, why would you do that, dad? Why would you do that? And well, now... um, I'm very open about things. My brother, he's a drug addict, and my brother passed away when he was 20 in a drunk driving car accident. Um, so if that, and also my brother has been in and out of jail. I think this is the longest he's been out of jail since he was 15. I think he might be going on three years. Almost four, maybe? Don't, really don't quote me on that. Um, like, consecutively. I'm talking about consecutively. And... It really does go to show what influences you can have on your children. Because my dad didn't do any of that with me and my little brother. He did not do any of that. He kind of just like kept to himself with like going to bars and going out and things like that. We were never like tag-alongs in a sense. But yeah, so those things were going on when my brothers were very young ages. And that's not okay. <laughs> You know, none of that is okay. And I was talking to my dad a couple weeks ago when I was pitching to him this idea that I had for this episode. And I told him, and I'm I'm quoting exactly what he said, but I want you guys to take into consideration, I believe he's 56 or 57. Things were different at that time. And this is going to circle back to, you know, parents do the best with the knowledge that they have. And I said, Dad, why did you do that? Did you ever for a second think the outcome of your children? Did you ever think that who were they who they were going to become if you influenced them with your own actions and involved them in your wrong actions, your illegal actions? And he said, I wasn't thinking of it. And that triggered me. I was like, okay, so you're saying... This, okay, by the way, my dad's been sober, I think, for like six or seven years now. Anyways, I was like, okay. So, when a parent asks their child why they did something and their child says, I don't know, as a parent, you start to get angered because you're like, hey, that's not a valid answer. You know, you did something and I need you to do some self-reflection and take accountability for what you did and why you did something. Even if it's sounds dumb as heck you know you're being truthful so my dad said that he said I wasn't thinking about it and I was like okay so when you lit the joint when you passed the beer that was okay did you did you ever feel like a parent at those moments he said no did you ever feel like you were doing something wrong he said no and he says no not confidently. He says no remorsefully. And I respect that. I respect that. The past, we moved on from that. I'm sure there's a lot of things that trigger him himself. 
And I was like, okay, um, that's that. And he told me that the reason that he did that was because that's what his dad did. His dad did those things with his own children. You know, maybe not to the extreme as my father, because there is so much that I probably wouldn't even be able to talk about. And he did those things with his father, so he felt like it was okay. My dad's done construction and labor his whole life, so it's kind of a lifestyle. You know, you crack open a beer, you know, you're just doing work all day, listening to music, after work ends, you know, drink some more beer. So that's what my brothers were doing. He had them Cadillacs at 15. It was an insane time. Okay, you guys, an insane time. And so my brothers were introduced to the lifestyle. They're introduced to the drugs. They're introduced to the partying at such a young age. And my dad didn't seem to care. He continued to do with them. And fast forward a few more years. Gosh, there's there's so many triggering moments that I remember of my brother's children what I'm okay I'm gonna give two memories one memory is my older brother he got his very first tattoo it was before he was 18 on my bedroom bed I walk in and it's like three guys tattooing his stomach what the hell and another memory I have is my brother Aaron comes in comes into my room and he's like trashed he's trashed and he's like throwing up and he goes to the bathroom and he starts throwing up ramen noodles yeah, it was. I think the ramen noodles is kind of what, like, made that a core memory for me for some reason. Because I was like, dang, are you throwing up worms or noodles? Because I was a child, you guys. When I lived at this house that I'm talking about where I'm getting all these memories from, I was a child. I had to be definitely younger than six and seven while all this stuff was happening. All these memories I'm talking about is six and seven until I get older, of course. But I'm like, what the heck? And then so I'm in my room and then he climbs out my window and I'm like, where are you going, Aaron? And he climbs out the window and he's running down the street and he's stumbling and his friends come pick him up. And then he's in the car and I go outside and my dad's outside and my dad saw him and he saw his friends pick him up and he tells them to come here. He's all like, well, what is he on? Like, what the hell? As a child, I understood what my dad was saying. I processed that when he was saying, what are you on? He was talking about drugs. My brother who's eight years older than me so let's do the math you guys six plus eight 14 my 14 year old brother is doing these drugs or 13 and I'm processing that I was a child a child isn't aren't supposed to know those things you guys are not you know how damaging that is for their brain and being around things like that (sighs) so so back when my dad was like oh my dad did it so we just did it also And now fast forward, like I said, my brother, he died in a car accident because he was out underage drinking, you know, and every three people passed away in the car accident. Uh, My my distant cousin or I guess like there there's not really by blood, but it was a cousin from a different generation. I don't know how to say it. And it was another man and my brother was in the passenger and he died and like I said my brother has been in and out of jail on and off of drugs drinking all of it he's a very he's a very bad man and or bad bad boy sounds weird that's what I call my kids but yeah so you know I was getting insight from my dad and I was like what the hell dad like are you serious and you know he told me those answers and 
I kind of just took it like a grain of salt. You know, that was the past that happened. And so I've come across many people when I've lived down here. I used to live down here for a short amount of time. And now where I'm not going to say this, I have done, I've only done two drugs ever in my life. One is legal in some states and one isn't legal at all. Those are the only two things I've ever experimented with. I never wanted to experiment with anything else. You know, I was young, whatever. I had no children. Keep in mind, I had no children. And so I'm meeting these people and there are dealing drugs their high school kids are dealing drugs as an example from my older brothers they're doing the things my older brothers were doing and me knowing the outcome absolutely breaks my heart and I'm looking left and right and there's these 15 year olds smoking oh my son didn't go to school today he was too high oh me and my son got so drunk last night he couldn't go to school and then they want to turn back around and say Gosh, I really wish my son would pass classes. Gosh, I really wish my son would go to school. Gosh, I really wish my daughter would do this. I really wish they would do that. But why are you expecting that of your child? If your child is engaging with inappropriate adult activities. Well, in the grand scheme of things, what do you think your child is going to do? Your child is selling drugs. You and your child are selling drugs together. What do you, who do you want your child to be one day? You know what I mean? Or you can be like, hey, don't do drugs. And you're like, wow, I'm missing a bunch of drugs. And my kid is zoned off in their room. Or my kid is just, all these different people are coming in and out of the house. And my kid is so popular, but I'm missing so many drugs. They're taking your drugs. You know what I mean? And that's this area. I'm not sure if it's more like border towns or I'm not sure if it's more like rural areas or poverty areas. But that's what parents are doing with their children here. And I hate this place for that. I hate it because it is so normalized. It is so normalized to drop out of high school. It is so normalized to do drugs. It is so normalized to do mind-altering drugs. And it's okay. Let's go to school. Let's go to lunch and do drugs. Let's do this. Let's do that. You guys, us as adults, we can all say that we thought we knew everything at 16, 17, 18, 19, but we didn't. I thought I knew everything three years ago and I didn't. I feel very like seasoned now, but we didn't know. We were children and it just breaks my heart because I see these things and I saw my brothers and they were children. I was a child. It's not okay. This isn't okay. And you expect when you are raising your child in this type of environment, do you think they're going to wake up one day and own this big fancy company? Do you think one day they're going to own five cars in their in their driveway with from an honest living? <laughs> Who knows where these kids are going to go to? But do you think that? And that's what hurts my heart so bad about poverty. This is what's going on. And not not all. You know what I mean? Shout out to the single mothers and even the single fathers who work in two, three jobs. You know what I mean? Trying to break those generational curses. Realizing, you know, that little $400, $300, $500 rent is all they can afford right now. And to put a roof over their head, good for you. But when you are involving your children in these things and you're still continuing to live in poverty. And you're still continuing to live off of welfare, live off of food stamps and all these things. What are you teaching your child? 
we are humans. We're supposed to evolve, you guys. And I say this with such deep passion because I'm going to be raising my children around these kids. And I can, God willingly, you guys, I mold them into good humans, smart humans. Because all it takes is for them to be under peer pressure one day. Hey, you know, smoke this joint. Like, what the hell? You know, and I'm not against marijuana. I will say that. I'm not against marijuana. But I do feel that you should be an adult and doing it in a responsible place. And if you can, in a legal state. Not like a legal mental state, but like a legal state that has it actually legalized. Only because, of course, for for law reasons. But I don't think a child should be doing any... Um, mind-altering drugs I feel like they are adolescents and their brains are still growing and I feel like it can affect it a lot so what like why do people do that you know what I mean and I'm not sure if this is just I know this isn't a Hispanic community like if you look at the grand scale of things and if you look at situations similar to this you know like Juan's dad's a firefighter Juan's a firefighter my mom and dad are bunk. God dang, that's messed up. <laughs> okay, um, like there's people, you know, especially like alumni and colleges and things like that. It's it's a lot of the same things. Like a lot of my dad was a doctor, so I'm in a doctor. You know, like when you look at different scales of things, a lot of things are the same, and that's really awesome. And it goes to show that kids the things that they know are from their parents or products of their environment and how come it can happen so positively in one place but it cannot happen in another place but it's because you that these people they live such a negative lifestyle that their children inherit it and they think it's okay and that's when it goes into a generational curse you get trapped it's a cycle so I want to go into uh, just kind of a little bit about the area that I'm living in. Because like I tell you guys, I'm, I'm really scared to raise my kids around this area. So 93% of the Rio Grande Valley is Hispanics. 34% is from poverty. The median household income is 33000 And 86% are, are like on the financial, like, the disadvantaged financial side. And that's insane. So you're telling me that 34% of people live in poverty because that just is what it is. But when you think about this, you guys, look at this, um, like when I mentioned, the average household income is 33000 so imagine poverty from $33,000 or $33,000 a year. Imagine the poverty from that, you guys. And they have nothing but to run the streets where their parents are just trying to work these jobs to put a roof over their head or where their parents are just living off the government. And it just happens again and again and again. And I've talked to so many people here who never leave this place. They never venture out. They never see that there's more out there because their parents never taught them that, you guys. We need to teach our children to be brave. We need to teach our children to be confident. And we need to do that in a healthy way. We need to let our children go. Our children aren't meant 
to stay so close to us. You know, we're mammals. We're supposed to be confident in the way that we raise them for them to go venture off and do these amazing things. That's why, that's why we're here as a parent, you guys. And these people who are staying here, I, I can only blame their parents, but it goes back to the parents. They're doing the best with the knowledge that they have, but why, why aren't they growing? Is it because the stigma of mental health in the Hispanic community? Is it because it's a taboo to actually better yourself? Are you, oh, they're better than us, like this, this, and that, because you you just want to be a better person? Uh, Are you a bad person because, wow, can you believe she didn't want to get the joint when I passed it to her? Who does she think she is? Yesterday, she was just smoking all this stuff with us. No, it's about being better, and gosh, it's just, it's so unfortunate, you guys. I have yet come across one sober person since I lived down here, and maybe it's the people I'm associated with, you know, and I'm talking about uh, a, a negatively, like, influence with drugs and alcohol, and it's just, it's so normalized, it's just disgusting, And, you know, I come from a place where it's not, I mean, yeah, some things are normalized, but it's not so fun and glamorized here and normalized. It's really unfortunate. And I just, I can't wrap my head around it, you guys. Like, how how do people here expect their children to be great when you just, you move right down the street from your parents? Because you think that all you can do is get a minimum wage job and 15 cent raises every year is acceptable you know let's be great and guys I can't I I I focus on it maybe a little bit too much but I can't wrap my head around it you guys and it's just so inappropriate and we're parents. If you're not listening to this, you know, I really hope that you take from this the lifestyle that you have, that you continue to live that lifestyle, whether you know you're doing things that you're really not supposed to or illegal things. You live that before you have children, you guys. Do all of that before you have children. Because once you have a child, those things are no longer appropriate. You know, to each their own. And whatever type of substance they choose to use, you know, to each their own. When you want to have a drink at night, I don't mind having you drink at night. I think it's good for me. But there's just so many things that can come into a factor that can ruin any progress that you ever made to be a good parent. Because you want to practice in these things with your children around. I'm talking about with your children around. And to be this person, and in my opinion, I think it's wrong to give your child a drink at 18. The drink is still going to be there when they're 21. Their minds are still forming. 21 is still young. I do not give a shit if if they're like, oh, as long as they're doing it here. No, I don't give, that's so wrong, you guys. We all know that 19 and under, we were children. We were children, and anything that you want to introduce to your child that adults shouldn't even be doing is wrong. And it, it's a form of child abuse. And it just sucks because who are you producing into, into society? 
and I'm only saying this, you guys, I like I said, I feel so deeply because this is the area that I'm raising my children in. And it's just, like, why are you using your negative background to raise your children? Be better. Why do you care what your family thinks who do all these bad things to be better? You shouldn't ever feel bad for wanting to be better, guys. Ever. As a parent or as a person. It's so amazing, the gift of children. And to know that the way that I'm raising my children is so happy and so healthy. For me to know that some people who I call friends are raising their children so sinfully. I can't even process and I can't even fathom. So this is one of my first deep episodes, you guys. I really hope you guys enjoyed this, and I really hope you guys did self are are doing self reflection. Uh, being as a parent, you know, I I kind of I kind of want to give an example, so just kind of like lighten things up. Not really, but children are sponges. We all know that, and right now Sylvia is going through a tantrum phase, and it's kind of hard to control, especially with Augustine. He's a little younger. But, you know, sometimes I do the slap on the wrist. I'm not going to deny it. Um, I'm not totally against spanking. I've read different things on it, you know, to each their own by any means. But when I become frustrated or when she's doing things that I don't want her to do and I repeatedly have told her again and again, don't do that, don't do that, do, do that, I'll give her a smack on the wrist or on the hand. And she can tell I'm frustrated. She can't really talk yet, so she's reading my emotions. So when she's frustrated, every now and then she's like scratching or she's hitting me. But I know I can't necessarily be mad at that because that's what emotion she is pulling when she's watching and feeling things from me. So that's just something I like to ponder on. That's something I like to go back and forth on with Juan. And right now, timeout works really well for her. Um, She's not... She's she she's smart, um, but timeout really works. She goes, she calms herself down. She comes back. She'll probably do the same thing over again. And, you know, I send her right back to timeout. That really works. But I feel like it's just so much harder for me because Augustine's brain is such a sponge also. And he's looking at her and he's looking at me. So it's like he's like, oh, OK, so I can throw a fit like that. Oh, OK. And I can hit like that. Like, what the heck? It's just like all these humans around. And he's just like learning all these things. But that's where I am right now. So I really do a lot of self-reflection with that. And I just hope I figure that out soon. And I hope I'm doing it right in a healthy way, you guys. And I just really pray that, you know, because I'm pretty sure Juan is going to retire here in the Valley. And I really pray that I find a healthy community for my children. Whether I really don't want to raise homeschool jungle freaks. <laughs> but, you know, if that's what it's going to come to be one day, you know, with what they're teaching children at school and the way that aligns with our beliefs, we may have to change that one day. And we'll see where kind of life takes us from there. But I really hope... You guys enjoy the episode and there's 
a few more other deep parenting topics I would love to talk about that I feel really deeply about that I witness and that I would love to share. If you guys have any, please let me know. We can discuss. We can do research. And it's just, it's really nice to discuss the mom side here. My first episodes were kind of like me and updating and things like that. But this is just me versus mom, guys. And I hope you guys enjoyed hearing this side of me. And I hope you guys continue to raise your children in the best way possible. And if you didn't hear it from anybody today, you heard it from me. You're doing great, mom. You're doing great, dad. Take a breath. Relax. And enjoy the ride. I'll talk to you guys later. See you guys later. Bye.